I do not know how to connect that to where we're going, but hey, it is okay. Genesis chapter 26, verse 18. We ended last week's message, and I used a point of reference, and this happens to me from time to time. After I left the service last Sunday, all week, this has resonated with my spirit. And when a verse keeps coming back to my spirit, and the Holy Spirit keeps drawing my attention to it, I know that's my instruction, too. I need to stay there a little bit longer. And we've been talking, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about Isaac's wells. They already put it on the verse, and some of you have started reading, so God bless you, but there's no quiz, so just chill out and wait. We'll read together. Because when you're digging a well, it doesn't happen immediately. It takes time. Yes. And some topics, have you ever had someone say, oh, I've heard this before? No, Romans tells us faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17, and hearing is a better translation, and hearing. Why? Because we have to keep digging before we hit that water, the stream of God's life and presence. And so I want to encourage you, even as you study the Word in your own time, it's okay to keep reading a verse over and over. You can read chapter to chapter, and that's great, but you can take a group of verses and keep reading over and over. Why? Because you're just not trying to have read it, you're digging deeper. Saying, God, I know there's something pulling on me. There's something more here. And let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you. So in this context, it just keeps coming alive And I, as I dig deeper into this context. So today I want to stay with that verse. Again, let's start with chapter 26, verse 18 through 20. Um, amplified, it says, Now Isaac dug and reopened the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham. Hey, let's do this together. We haven't done that in a while. Merry Christmas. Are you ready? Now you can look at the screen. Some of you already looked and read it four times. Now you can read it out loud. Are you ready? One, two, three. Now Isaac again dug and reopened the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, because the Philistines had filled them up with dirt after the death of Abraham. And he gave the wells the same name that his father had given them. Now I'm going to stop right there. So in the context, Abraham's died. The Philistines are angry at Isaac because he's getting blessed. Have you ever noticed not everybody's happy when you're happy? And that's scriptural. Not everybody's going to celebrate when you're blessed. No one's, not everybody's going to celebrate when you had a healing. Not everybody's going to celebrate when you're like, man, I was reading the Bible and this came alive. And you're going to get some people staring at you with glassy eyes and you're like, why aren't they getting this? Not everybody's going to get it. You've got to run your race, Hebrews 12, that is set before you. In Mark 10, Jesus is very specific that anybody who gives to me in the gospel's sake will receive a hundredfold in this life, what they had given, with persecution. Why? Because not everybody's happy that you're happy. And you've got to be okay with that. I wish everybody would like us. I wish every Instagram and tweet and Facebook post that you would do, you get a million followers and likes. Yeah, but it don't happen that way. And if we got to ask ourselves, are we running our race for them or are we running our race for him? Because if we're running our race for him, let all men be liars and God be true, the yeah. Bible says. Yeah. Challenge everything I say with the word of God because that's where you're going to grow. Don't take anybody's word for anything until you challenge it with the word of God. Right. And so it's important for us to be okay with the idea that there's opposition. And there's opposition as you continue reading these verses that every time Isaac would even begin to d- dig new wells, there was more opposition until he broke through the opposition. I'm going to give just a quick thought on that. 
oppositions, the storms that you face as you're progressing, because not every storm comes because you've done something wrong. There are storms come because you're doing something right. Yes. Yes. Jesus said, in this world, you'll deal with trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. Amen. He didn't say, you'll deal with trials and tribulations, begin to repent and it'll change. He said, no, rejoice, yes. because victory belongs to you. Yes. But the, the storms that come don't last forever. Are you listening to me? Right. For Jesus said, anybody who hears my word and, and does that is the person who builds their house on the rock and the storms come and beat, but it doesn't last. But the house lasts. See, I'm going to last. I don't know who I'm talking about. If you're going through a storm right now in your marriage, your career, your health, whatever, your finance, and you feel like, you know, storms have a way of sucking you in where it's the only thing you see here, and all of a sudden you believe it's going to last forever. Let me encourage you. It doesn't. It's been a long time. It still doesn't last forever. There is something that does last forever, and how many people know what that is? That's the Word of God. For the Bible tells us not to look at the things which are temporal, subject to change, but look at the things which are eternal, for the things that are eternal will last forever. And so when you're going through a storm, you need to look at the devil, stand up against the winds and begin to release the wind of God's word out of your mouth and begin to say, not today, devil, because I'm going to outlast this one and I'm going to go up higher. I'm going to be better. I'm going to have more. Because Jesus said that a strong man is secure in all his goods until it's stronger than he shows up. Are you listening to me? If Jesus was the only one that was stronger, then he should have stayed, but he didn't stay. He went to heaven so he could have the Father send the Holy Spirit into us over the temples of the Holy Ghost. Why? So that he empowered you, you and you, each and every one of us, not just professional uh, fishermen, not just professional ministers, not full, just full-time staff. No, no. He didn't say, oh, only the five-fold are going to have this. He said, every one of my children are going to be greater than the enemy because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's okay for us. You know, when we're children, we're talked about, oh, don't brag on yourself. This is not bragging on us. We're bragging on God. Say with me, I'm greater, I'm greater. because the greater one's in me. I don't care what the fight is. You've got to be willing to look at the devil and say, really? Now, when you're, when you're young and someone tries to bully you and they're smaller, you just want to look at them and say, really? You've got you to get that confidence on the inside and let the devil know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you're coming out ahead. And when you begin to bind the strong man, you can take what belongs to him, which means that you, when you take out Goliath, there's some, there is some milk and honey that belongs to you. Lester Summerall used to say, never fight a giant that doesn't have milk and honey, which means the covenant blessings that belong to you from the word of God. You don't fight just to survive. Don't fight just to survive. Oh, I'm just trying to stay alive. You don't need to stay alive. You need to be more than just alive. You need to be better than the fight you went into. Can I get an amen? So Isaac noticed in the process, so the Philistines were jealous of him, and they begin to fill his, the wells that he had inherited. He didn't dig them. Abraham dug them. The servants of Abraham had dug the wells. But he inherited what Abraham had believed for. He had inherited what Abraham had worked for. He had inherited what Abraham had walked out through the process of faith and covenant. There's a lot of us, that, there's areas of our lives that we grew up around church, around ministry, around the things of God, that we didn't dig that revelation, we inherited to that revelation. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a God thing. For Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the, the things revealed belong to us and our children. Praise God if you have had spiritual fathers and mothers and grandparents in your life, because you can receive the inheritance of the benefit of their obedience. Can I get an amen? But if we're not careful, 
we can do, which I believe in the natural Isaac started doing, it can become so average and common to us that we don't defend what belongs to us. We'll let society, we'll let those who don't like us, we'll let the trend of the day begin to pollute our well with carnality thinking. And one day we wake up because some of the greatest moves of God in past generations, the children or the children's children, I've seen people seek God with all their heart in their life and get experience with God, be touched by God, have, have an anointing on their life, and then they, they don't respect the wells, the experiences that God has given them. And so they don't pass on the value and their kids don't value it. They just enjoy it. They enjoy it, but don't value it. And because there's no price and no value, all of a sudden they don't handle it well, and their children wake up. I've seen people who love God, and two generations later, those kids have never heard about Jesus. Yep. We've all been there. We've, we know people. They grew up in the house of God. They grew up, they grew up under the anointing of God. They grew up seeing miracles and signs and wonders, and they, they raised their kids differently. And their kids raise up their kids. And all of a sudden it goes from people who knew God and walked with God to a generation that don't even know him. And that's not the way in the plan of the Father is. We have to learn to defend the wells. We're going to talk later about digging new wells and redigging the old wells. But it's important to understand, if we don't know how to walk by faith, then anything you receive from God, the devil can try to steal. Well, I just need a healing. And listen, God can supernaturally, by 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of healing, bring healing into your life. But the, the Bible is very specific that when the enemy has been defeated in that area of life, he goes away looking for uh, a new place, and he roams the dry. And if he doesn't find anything, what does he do? He comes back. Right. What is he doing? He's coming back to pollute the well to see if he can get back into that situation of life. And the moment you're like, oh, I thought I was healed. Mm, that symptom's coming back. I guess I lost my healing. What do we do? We allow the enemy to pollute the well. Right. Don't tell me your words don't have any power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Isaac allowed the Philistines to pollute the well, to put the dirt in the well. And that's interesting to me for several reasons. One, they did it because they were jealous of him. But if, you know I mean, logically, because a well represents the, the life that comes, that God has provided. You don't see it, but if, you, if you're able to, willing to dig deep, to tap it, it brings life. It brings life to your, your, those things you've planted. It brings life to you. The animals that you had in those days, it brings life to your family. Without water, you die. Right. If you want to know, you know I mean, the pecking order of importance, oxygen obviously is the most important because if you can't breathe, you don't care about water. But if you can breathe and, and you, if you don't have food, you're like, I'm hungry. But if you have water, you get rid of the water. You don't care about food. So when we're willing to dig deeper into what God has for us and access it, we have to maintain the honor and value of what God's done. And don't let people pollute the well. Amen. Well, you know what? They, that was good, but they offended me over here. Okay, deal with the offense, but don't lose the life. Deal with the situation, but don't lose the life. Don't lose the access of what God has for you. Amen. The well is the, the source of life. It's the presence of God, the power of God, the promises of God, the, the people of God. That God brings for the purpose of keeping you refreshed so you can keep accessing the life he has for us. Oh, I don't need that, some, so many people say. And they miss out on what God has for them. Today, again, let me get back into this thought. 
We need to learn to defend. Isaac didn't defend the wells. The Bible says that the Philistines waited to Abraham and died, and then they begin out of jealousy for Isaac. They knew that he inherited, and they begin to say, we're going to put some dirt in the well. You would think, first of all, if you wanted to be mean, why didn't you just confiscate the well? Right? At least get the, your benefit. I mean, if you're going to be wrong about it, at least get some benefit out of it. They'd rather drink dirt than to see Isaac drink the life of water. And there'll be people that will come into our lives, we have to be realistic about that, that will see the blessing of God, the favor of God, the protection of God, and they would rather, instead of enjoying and tapping into what you've tapped into, some will rather see you not have it than themselves having it. So don't be disarmed or discouraged when you see people that are trying to take you out, not because they want what you've got, they just don't want you to have it. And don't be discouraged when some of them are in the church world. Just celebrate and ro- rejoice because the God you serve is well able to keep you sustained and protect you, the Bible says. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Otherwise, the devil will use it. We'll get so set. Why? Why? Don't look at them. They're not the key. They're not important enough to be in your story. You have to ask, why, why, where was Isaac? Why wasn't he defending the well? Obviously, Abraham had to learn to defend the well because Abraham knew the value of that well. He had paid the price for that well. He had dug the well. So they knew, don't mess with the well when Abraham's alive. Abraham's gone. Let's, let's dry it up. Let's fill it with dirt. Not everyone's happy when you're happy. So if you have... Someone in your life, there's, and if you're living in a situation, or maybe down the road you might, where you find people trying to pollute the wells of God in your life, what do we need to do? How do we defend the wells of God? Because if we don't know how to value and defend, we will pass on to the next generation what we believe. And I don't care what level of anointing, what level of revelation it is, it's worth defending. Are you listening to me? It's not about keeping everybody happy. Not everybody will be happy. Some people are only happy when they're miserable. And if you live your life trying to accommodate everyone who is talking about you, criticizing you, you'll find yourself not pleasing anybody. If you try to be everything to everybody, you'll be nobody to anybody. Ephesians Ephesians 6, verse 6, 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. When you are having to defend the wells of God in your life, the truths of God, the presence of God, the gifts of God, whatever God's brought into your life, the, the miracles of God in your life, when you're having to defend, when you are in opposition and the enemy is trying to pollute your well with dirt, We must have the mindset of it's okay to stand. Say, I can stand. stand. We need to take a stand. Well, you know, I'm not confrontational. You know, I'm not either. But there is sometimes you have to rise up and develop that in you that you're willing to take a stand and speak and don't be quiet. Don't, we just, can't we all just get along? No. No. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say there needs to be consensus and everybody needs to get along. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, you know, my sheep follow the trend and they'll stick with it. No, not all trends are good. Jesus said, wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many find that narrow is the road that leads to righteousness. And not everybody in the church, not everybody that is your friend will agree with you on everything. And you have to be comfortable with that. They might show up later in the journey. They might need time to experience it. But let me help you out. Don't try to force feed people your revelations. This is so, and it might be exciting to you, and you might have got a hold of a great truth, and there's a tendency of wanting to force everybody into that mold. Have you ever been to a church that everybody looks the same? Dress the same, same hairstyle, same. I've been to somewhere they even all dress the same color. It just freaks me out. I love Hope Church. We are so integrated in so many different uh, methods and means. Not just color of skin and background, but education and income. And you, no one wears titles. You can't tell who's who. There's doctors in there, and there's people that are still trying to find a job. And all the way in the mix. I love that. Anytime I go someplace, any place, it's just, and if I'm wrong, pray for me. Just let's love each other and pray for each other because we're all growing. Anytime I've been in any place and I see everybody look the same, I'm out of there. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I, that's just me. Because the, the possibility of that, especially in the church, everybody talking and acting the same, really? That's like having a huge family of 100 people and you go eat Christmas dinner with them and they have babies and toddlers and kids and teenagers and young adults and, and all the way through to the seniors and everybody talking and acting the same way. That just don't happen. Babies are going to be held and crying. Some are going to be crawling. Some are just going to be learning how to walk. And nobody gets, can you imagine grandpa going over to that toddler and saying, it's time for you to start running. They're a baby. Let them grow a little bit. Is that okay? Nobody should, we, we should, if we all talk, well, I believe, well, that's good. That's where you're at. Stay with it. Three areas that I believe that we need to stand our ground when you're being attacked and someone's trying to pollute your well. Number one, and I'll just, I'm going to say it this way, the ABCs. Number one, action. Having an all stand, stand where? With your actions. When you, when you have people trying to detour you down the wrong path, trying to change your perspective, trying to pollute your well, trying to talk you out of what God has already ve- revealed to you. See, I love people walking out their relationship with God through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Because someone who has an experience from God should never be at a, at a disadvantage of someone with only an argument. If you were blind like the guy in the Bible, you were blind and are like, how did he heal you? He can't be of God. He healed you on the Sabbath. And the guy's like, listen, this Greg Bruce translation, listen, I, don't, I can't get into that. I don't know. You might know a lot more about that than I do. All I can tell you is once I was blind and now I see. And if I may be so bold and add to that translation, once I was blind, now I see. Deal with it. I think it's okay to tell some people, we love you, but deal with it. It's, I know you say God doesn't do that anymore. I know you're saying God doesn't want that to happen. I know, but I found it in the Bible and I experienced it. So just in love, deal with it. Look to your neighbor and say, deal with it. Come on, look at them right in the eyes. Don't look down and say, deal with it. 
I think, I'm telling you, there's something there. I think it's okay to tell the people the truth in love. Listen, I love you, and I'm not saying where you're at and what you're doing is wrong. That's, I'm not your judge. The Bible says judge nothing before the time. I'm not here to judge you. Gospel of John chapter 7 says, judge not that you be not judged. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just saying I'm judging myself, and this is where I'm at, and God is blessing. I'm, don't let someone talk you out of the blessing of God. You can look and say, I love you. Deal with it. I'll be your friend, but I'm not listening to that negativity. Deal with it. I'm not letting you talk me out of that healing. Deal with it. I know you're saying God doesn't heal anymore, but I know for myself and my personal experience that once I was blind, now I see. Deal with it. Once I was tormented at night by demons, now I sleep good and I have the peace of God. Deal with it. I'm not here to live the life you have for me. I'm here to live the life that he has called me to live. And it might not be perfect. I'm still growing. I'm still going. Yeah, but I want you to tell you, don't try to talk me out of what God's done in my life. Grandma my Bible. There'll be people that try to talk that word out of you. You can say, nope, I love you, but take your hand off my word. I remember a commercial many years ago about kids that they would try to steal each other's waffle. Do you remember that? And what was the phrase? Let go of my... We got to let the devil know you're not touching that word that I have. Let go. You're not touching that promise of healing. You're not going to touch that promise of peace that I have. The Bible says that the peace of God, which exceeds every exceeds my understanding, it will keep my heart, my soul, and my life. Don't tell me I have to live under torment. Uh-uh. I, I got a hold of something, and it's changed my life. Let go. Just deal with it. You may come to that revelation. You may not. I'll see you in heaven. I love you. But don't touch what God's doing in my life. What am I doing? I am defending the wells. I'm defending. They'll say, well, I don't want to talk to you no more. Well, you know what? If they leave you, let them go. Let them go. If you've ever been on a beach and, and caught crabs, I mean, you can put them in a bucket. And the craziest thing, when one tries to crawl out, another one at the bottom doesn't say, wow, they're crawling out. Let's follow suit. What do they do? No, they'll reach up and, grab, and pull them back down. That is, the, that is the carnality of creation that has been imposed out on humanity. But Romans 8 says all creation even groans waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because creation has been brought under this bondage of sin and corruption. I'm telling you, it's a, it is not only a spiritual thing, it is a thing that is been in the DNA of carnality that people see someone going out to the next level they're like oh well, they must think they're better than us let's pull them back down you got to be willing to stand up stand your ground defend your well and say listen I love you but don't touch what God's doing in my life let it go and deal with it shout deal with it come on I gotta stir some of you up today You've been, some of you have been, you know what I'm talking about. You have, we have let the devil beat us down and convince us and what we believed before and cherish as precious, we begin to treat as common and God doesn't do it anymore. But I feel I'm talking to someone, not just to your mind, not just to your heart, but the spirit of the, on the inside of you, the spirit of God, the spirit person. And I'm speaking the word of God to bring an impartation and stir you on the inside. Let the word of God burn on you, on the inside of you today. Let, the, let it be said as you 
walk out of this place, did not our hearts burn within us? Because it's not the word of man that we're looking for. It's the word from heaven. Let the spirit of God reveal the word of God. And I'm here to tell you that you might have been kicked on, stepped on, overlooked, and just ignored. But starting today, you're not going to sit there quietly. You are rising up with a gift. You're stirring up. Oh, that's where it came from. You are stirring up the gift on the inside of you. And you're letting the devil know you're not moved by what you feel here or see. You're moved by the word of God and what God has spoken to you. The wells of heaven, you're going to defend them. And you look, people, I love you, but if you go, I'm going to wave. I'll still think about you kindly. But if you can't ride with me, that's okay. Why? Because I'm going God's way. Shout, deal with it. Come on, shout, deal with it. Well, I don't know why you think that's just a little too much for me. Maybe for you, it's too much. And I love you, but just deal with it. Just talk, deal with it. Ooh, I like that. That's not even my note. Somebody needs to write that down somewhere. Deal. Why? Because I'm going to keep drawing here. Number one, we need to stand our ground with the actions, the ABCs, the actions. Don't let the enemy get you to change your routine of obedience to God's word. I have seen people when they get hit with the storm, one of the first things their knee-jerk reaction is to is run from God and not run to God. They offend me. I'm not going to church anymore. That's the dumbest thing you could. Don't blame Jesus for somebody who's stupid. There are stupid people in the world. you got to understand, we love everybody, but there is some stupid and some mean people in the world, and they creep into the church from time to time. And if you happen to come across one, don't worry about hurt people, hurt people. Just let it go. Don't blame Jesus because he's the well of life. You don't want to walk out of the house of God. Keep, stand your ground on the actions of what God's telling you to do. I don't know. Yeah, I heard you. I, I've been hit so hard I can't even read the Bible. Are you kidding me? When the devil's striking at you, you need more of the word, not less of the word. We need to keep reading. We need to uh, keep reading the Bible. Keep obeying the word of God. Keep attending church. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep helping others. Why? These are things that God has instructed us to do. It doesn't say in the Bible, when things get darker, hide out. It says when things get darker, you need to be gathering more. There is a key. Are you listening to me? We have to get past the traditional thinking of man and begin to get back to the truth of the word. God did not ask us to even come today because it's a good thing or you should thing, uh, do. He called us there because they There is something happening when you worship God and fellowship with each other and get in the Word of God. Where one will put a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand. I'm telling you, with this big of a crowd, the devil has no chance when we begin to understand that you are stepping into something amazing when you come to the house of God. It's kind of scary out there. I know it's going to get darker, but you know what? As it gets darker, we're called to get brighter. I am not going to preach to a group of people that, oh, everything just should be smooth and easy. And if someone puts a little roadblock in life, just follow the detour of their, their choices. Listen, I want to look at those people that put the detour sign and says, who told you where that road should go? Right. Don't tell me I need to be going this way in life. Don't tell me I need to be changed. I'm tired of letting the world and evil people change our spiritual path because they think they know better. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, you know, we, we just got to get along. No, you don't have to get along. You need to obey God. Yeah. Yeah. T- and when it gets darker outside, that's not our time to hide out. That's our time to say, God, what do you want me to do to shine? Exactly. 
I can't read in Acts when they're like, oh, Lord, they're loving us. We're really pulling well. It's, it's a good trend. Now's the time to do something. In the dark, I mean, in the worst scenarios, they're like, Lord, we thank you that you're still in charge. You show us what to do. And they came out shining. I believe God's looking in this last day, church. And if you don't think we're in the last days, you have missed the concept altogether. The last day started in Acts. Are you, we are in the last of the last days. And I'm telling you, as it gets darker, that's not the time. The rapture is not an escape hatch of a bunch of Christians that are afraid to act. The rapture is something that God has planned already, but we are the restrainer. Do you understand? The enemy, the spirit of the Antichrist is in every generation. Jesus said that it's even in that generation when he was at, but there is a restrainer keeping him out. Can we go a little down that road for a second? There's a restrainer. The church is the solution. It's God's answer to the humanity situation because we are the body of Christ. And instead of trying to fit in with the world, we need to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? Everybody's getting sick. Well, let's pray for more people. Everybody's in fear. Let's start speaking the truth of light and breaking that bondage off. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and his love and a sound mind. Are you listening to me today? And we will not be an army that is afraid of a Goliath's voice, but we will be an army who sees Goliath, hears Goliath, and says, what is the reward to those who take it? We're not trying to build a crowd. We're building an army of people that have a tenacity from heaven that says, hell or high water, I will obey God. And if it looks impossible, that just shows that God's going to be brighter. Isaac should have kept, you know what? If Isaac would have kept drawing water from the wells, they would have never put dirt in the well. And if you don't pay attention, one day you're drinking dirt and someone says, well, that's just the way the Christian life is. You were excited when you got saved, but you know, that's what happened. No, they're drinking dirt and they don't realize it because they didn't keep coming back to the well. They didn't keep coming back to the word of God. Well, you know, I, I get a little bit of word and I get a little bit, I spend a little bit of time in prayer and I'm not here to judge anybody, but I'm telling you, if you're not, if you're not drawing life from it, you're not in it enough. Jesus said in John 10, I'm the doorway. Anybody comes through me will be saved. And he said, and they will go in and out and find pasture. We've taught people how to get saved. But we, many times the church has not taught people how to stay in the flow. Right. And we work on perception, smoke and mirrors, and not truth. Actions, say actions. actions. So keep doing what God shows you to do. Just keep doing. And it doesn't mean you have to keep everything in there. Each situation will be situationally different and unique. Some are basics. Stay in the word. Keep coming to church. Keep praying. Keep your eyes on God and, and helping people. Those are simple. There's, as you keep going into the journey of your process, there's other things that are more specific. And in the details of those, you're looking for God to show up and show you what to do. Live with the reality of, Lord, I'm going to obey you and be faithful to what you've shown me. And if you want something different, show me and I'll obey you. Because you might be in the journey of your day and you'll say, now I want you to stop doing that. I want you to do this. I want you to call this person. I want you to do that. God can guide and direct your steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I've heard people saying, man, God told me to go get a coffee in that QT. And I thought, I don't drink that coffee. Go get a coffee. And they run into, what are you doing? And they run into someone that they needed to meet that said, hey, I'm looking for you. I'd like to hire you. I lost your number. Well, it doesn't mean that Anybody else who goes to QT is going to get a better job. They did because they were being navigated by the Lord. 
So just do, keep doing what God shows you to do. Number two, faithful in little, we be faithful in much. Number two, we need to not only stand our ground on our actions, we need to stand our ground on our beliefs. Amen. And I think all of us have dealt with this. We've, if we're not careful, we'll let catty comments, and many times from Christians, pollute our thinking. And it's not all like they grab you and say, you got to stop believing. It'll be those smirky little jokes. Mm. Oh, they, they believe God still heals. Right. They'll try to embarrass you out of believing. Yeah. Yep. Thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But it is a fight of faith. The, the, when you begin to change your beliefs, you're going to change your routine. And you'll find yourself farther and farther from accessing the well. And one day you wake up and you'll not even know where the well's at. Matthew 25. At all times there was ten virgins. All times. In that parable that Jesus gave. All times. They never stopped being virgins. Not once through the parable did they, they change that status. They were virgins. Five were wise. And five were foolish. Not once did they break relationship and routine. So the five foolish didn't say, hey, we're not going to be virgins anymore, or we're going to change our clothes, or we're going to go live somewhere else. They, they did the same outward expression. Listen to me, church. They did the same outward expression as the wise virgins. You can't always tell what people are going through. Right. But only five had oil. And the other five knew where to get it, but chose not to go to it. We cannot be so caught up, and I'm not saying sin is acceptable, it's not, but we cannot be so caught up in the outward appearance of ourselves that think that we have fooled people because we look like the church, we can talk like the church, and we show up in the church, and we have no oil on the inside. I know that could offend people. I know that might ruffle some feathers, but the truth is I'd rather know where I'm going. When I'm putting the, my nav destination in and it's directing me, I like to know where I'm going. The last thing I want to do is for the system to say, you have arrived, and I look around and this is not where I planned. Your choice to choose what you want to do. But we don't get brownie points for the appearance of it. We get brownie points for having the access to it. Amen. Mm. Thank you. Stand our ground in our actions. Stand our ground in our beliefs. Last but not least, stand our ground in our commitments. What is our priorities? If the devil can get you to move away from the routine of what you used to do, he'll start slowly moving you away from the beliefs of what you used to have. And then he'll eventually move you away from what is important to you. And you want to know what is defined as important to you as a priority? It's not what you say is important to you. It's not what you feel that's important to you. It's what you're willing to walk away from that defines your importance. Right. Right. <clears throat> we could say, this is important, this is the top priority. You could look to your spouse and say, you are so important to me, but if you allow 20 things more important above them, right. and that's the, how the devil works. He'll get you out of, oh, it's okay, and begin to change your routine, and then he'll change your beliefs. And then he'll begin to change your priorities, your convictions. 
around here, <clears throat> and if you're new, we do a lot of things that are different, and it's, it, there's nothing wrong with that, it's different. Around here, I don't tell you my convictions. Have you noticed that? You have no idea how much I pray, you have no idea how much word I read, you have no idea how I live, but if I have to tell you that to me is a sign of something's wrong, you should see the fruit of it. But our rhythm is not for you to copy me or to live my convictions. My goal is for you to discover your own convictions in the Word and by the Spirit of God. And then I want people to live out their convictions. Listen to me. There is so many, and we even have so many different denominations, and different denominations have different ways of thinking, and that's good. And if you came out of it, that's good. But I've had friends of different denominations that I didn't agree with in certain convictions. But you know what I did agree with? They need to live that conviction. If it's truly a conviction for them, they need to live it. Well, we don't believe in, that's fine. What do you believe in? If that's what you believe in, live that conviction. I don't care about your clothes, about your hair, about your makeup, about the car you drive, about your bank. Live your conviction. And if the Holy Spirit changes it and revises it and proves it, great. Through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But some people, we adopt convictions based on somebody else. Oh, they do that. I'm going to do what they're doing. And what if they screw up in life? I've seen people who had enormous amount of convictions because they copied somebody else's conviction and somewhere in life, unfortunately, God forbid, that person that they were copying began to live a different life and went away from the the gospel and from the word of God and stopped serving God. And people are like, well, if they're not going to do it, I don't have to do it. And they go a pendulum swing to the other side. No, you need to have the convictions from the word of God and through Jesus. Are you listening to me? Be as Paul said, listen, imitate me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. But listen, if he doesn't follow Christ anymore, okay, thank you for your time, Paul. We appreciate all the things we learned from you. Now for, we need to keep following Jesus. Because it's not about you imitating anybody else or looking, around, looking like the people around you. It's about imitating him. Be imitators of him as dear children, the Bible says. Can I get an amen? amen. Defend the wells by standing your ground in your actions in your beliefs, and your commitments. Oh, God won't mind. They'll tell us. What are they doing? They're trying to degrade and erode your priorities, your convictions. God won't mind. if You know it's not. I know people. I've done it. It's no big deal. Surely. What are they doing? Trying to change your convictions. Why? Because the goal is not your convictions. The goal is the well. The enemies after your life source that you keep coming back into the Word of God and the presence of God and experience Him for yourself and draw life from Him. He is the life. We're connected to Him. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're the branch. What are they doing? They don't care if you look like a branch as long as you're not connected to the vine. Make sure that the well has a priority in your life. In closing, defend your well. Keep drawing the life that comes from the water. And if you haven't, and if you find yourself today where there's wells in your life that you've let go and have been filled in, just like Isaac, don't be overwhelmed. We'll get into next week how to redig those wells. Because I'm telling you, there's still flowing life. There's still flowing water in those wells. Amen. We just have to remove some dirt. Amen. And it can. God will help you do that. Amen. We're done. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm not asking you to join a church denomination or religion. I'm asking you this one question. Is Jesus Christ, in the way you process, in the way you experience, in the way you think, is Jesus Christ real to you today? In a way that you know for yourself that He's real and your Lord and Savior. Only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. This is such a, a sacred, important moment. I'm going to ask no, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving around. If you do not know him in a real and personal way, or maybe for whatever reason you've allowed stuff to come between you and God and you know your heart's not right, today is the day for salvation. Today is the day to be accepted back. Today is the day to get your sins dealt with. Tonight when you lay your head on your pillow, you'll either know all things are well with me and God, and I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm not going to hell. And I know that burden and weight and darkness of sin that's been bothering me, weighing on me, is gone. Or you lay your head on your pillow and say, why didn't I take that opportunity? If you want to know him in a real and personal way, if you want to have that sin situation dealt with, if you want to go to heaven, then what I'm going to ask you to do is follow this prayer that I'm getting ready to lead you in. Revelation 3, he says, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you open up, I'll come in. Romans 10 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 5, with the heart man believes in a salvation, with the mouth confession is made. Say this prayer with me from your heart if you want to know him today. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. Say, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. I am saved. Now, if you prayed that prayer, it's just so I know who I was praying with. Also, I want to speak a blessing over your life. At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet so we can celebrate what God is doing in your life. I know it might make some of us feel awkward, and because you might be timid, that's okay. If we're timid about standing up for Jesus in the house of God, how do we stand up for Jesus in the world? So I believe one of the things God's called us to do is to bring that tenacity back into the house of God. And not timidity, where we bow our knee to everything that rise or rise up against God. And so we're going to pray that God will give you supernatural strength. The Bible says, on the inside by the Holy Spirit. Now some of you are bold, you'll stand quick. Some of you are passive, so the bold ones stand quick so the other ones can feel confidence. But at the count of three, if you prayed that prayer with me and you meant business and you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, at the count of three, if you just accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three, stand right now in the name of Jesus. Who's I praying with? I see that, God bless you. I see that, I see this too. I see five, six, seven, eight, hallelujah, nine, 
10, 11, 12. God bless you. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Come on. 13. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Stay standing if you would. Stay standing. I'm going to pray for you. Reach your hands toward these individuals. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, I thank you for every person that is saved and accepted you today. Thank you for your hand on their life. Thank you for touching them and blessing them. And Lord, I ask according to your word that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit and the inner man by your Holy Spirit. We seal them with the precious blood of Jesus. We claim them for the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Father God, we'll see them in heaven. I thank you, starting today, every weapon formed against them will not prosper. Starting today, every device of the enemy is broken. Starting today, every relationship that was designed to take them down or take them out is severed. We lose the right people to encourage them, be around them, replace them with what you've called to be in their life. And Father, I thank you. We call them free. For whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I thank you. Every addiction, every bondage, every demonic power against them is broken today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Give my hand clap again.